Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and I'm bisexual, I think. You know what? No, I'm going to be decisive about it. I am bisexual. I'm the one who gets to decide that. <laughs> You're damn right you are. I was going to yell at you for that. <laughs> it's like, excuse you, you're opening this with an I think? <laughs> we are going to be so angry later. Like, I'm, I'm not confused about it, but I'm also confused about it. It's fine. Let's move on. Who are you, friend? <laughs> I'm Bex and I'm queer and bi and trans and all of the things that are not straight. Okay. Congratulations. I have so many identities and I love them so much. <laughs> I do too. Labels are great. Words are yes. fantastic. I'm into it. Let's talk about it. Um, Go team. <laughs> the first thing I wanted to ask you Let's lay a groundwork here. Why use sexual labels? Why are they important? Why are they helpful or affirming? Oh my god, I love them so much. Okay, (laughs) so like, when you give something a name, you give it power and credibility, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When it has a word for it. Um, So that's the one thing. Like, I feel like it gives voice to my sexual desires, and it also makes me feel more valid, right? There's a word to describe this feeling I'm having. It's not some weird thing that I'm making up in my head. There's a word that I can use and that other people can use to describe similar experiences that we have. Like, if I describe myself as gay, it is in no way the same as, like, a gold star cis gay man might describe himself as gay, or in the way, like a lesbian might describe themselves as gay, like, it can mean a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people, uh, but it's a starting point, and it's a placeholder for a conversation, and it allows you to kind of find community, and I don't know about everyone else, but I need someone to, like, sometimes I need that external validity for a Mm -hmm. feeling that I'm having, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I need to know that it's a real thing and not just something weird that my brain's making up, which, like, every weird thing that your brain makes up is a real thought and a real (laughs) feeling. Yeah. But still, to, like, have that added, uh, and it just kind of adds that legitimacy to it, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, the discussions we were having around the time that we were both getting diagnoses for our various mental illnesses and about how that made us feel better. And like we encountered people at that time, including therapists who were like, why do you need a diagnosis? Like, how is that going to help you? And actually it does because not only can you communicate to other people what's going on with you, you can also Google for resources about it. And it also gives you a sense of validity, like you were saying. Um, And I definitely feel that about my sexual orientation labels as well. Like, I can read tons of experiences from people who also identify as bisexual, and they might not match my experiences at all. But it definitely makes me feel less alone and reminds me that there's, you know, a huge spectrum of human sexual experiences out there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the labels you use. What labels do you use for your sexual orientation and why? So when I first came out, I came out as bi. uh, And then I quickly moved on to identifying as queer. I came out as bi and people were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, great, cool. Good. Glad we're on the same page. Uh, (laughs) And then they're like, you've only been like wrestling and grinding up against this girl after school every day. And I was like, well, these, this, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You, you have an entire save folder of suicide girls picture on your desktop. Oh my God. Same. Right. And people were like, yes, you're, of course you're bi. And I'm like, really? I just, they're very pretty. Wait, suicide Um, girls diversion. I need to tell you this story. I used to have one of those, like the early iPods that had like more storage space than the previous iPods. And I was really stoked about it. And I started putting porn on there when this, I must've been like, 13, 14. So I started putting porn on there and then also like a whole bunch of suicide girls pictures. And this girl in my science class one time borrowed my iPad to like listen to a song or something and started scrolling through my pictures, which don't fucking do that. Right, Um, like never do that. Yeah, and she was like, there's a whole bunch of porn on here. And I lied and told her I was borrowing the iPad from my brother because (laughs) I was so like 
embarrassed about being sexually attracted to women that I, I just tried to fob it off on a dude, which is funny because I really don't think my brother would, would enjoy suicide girls. <laughs> he would not. I haven't no. met him. I don't think it's his aesthetic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I was just like, there, I did not have the like presence of mind to be like, I am attracted to these humans. I was like, no, they're so, like these, this, these pictures are so beautiful. You don't, aren't they gorgeous? And they're like, it's tits. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but they're really good. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I came out as bi and then I came out as queer. Um, oh, <laughs> You are holding up a suicide girl picture to me. That's Quinn, right? I'm sorry, I just realized while you were talking that I had a literal suicide girl's photograph in my desk drawer right now. (laughs) So good. Just wanted to show you some tits mid-podcast to get you through it. Proceed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I moved on to identifying as queer uh, for a couple of reasons. I felt like it better encompassed my, like, political and social leanings as well, right? Mm -hmm. The queer... Queerness has a community, and it's very different from, like, the lesbian community or the gay community, um, and I felt more at home in the queer community, um, and it tends to be more political, uh, more open to, like, flexibility and gray areas and things like that, um, and I also moved away from the label bisexual because... Uh, I was moving away from the idea of a gender binary, right? I was starting to identify as non-binary, or was going to get there at some point. Um, I don't remember which came first. Uh, and I started to feel less comfortable with the word bisexual. Uh, but now as I'm getting to a point where I'm identifying as, like, more masculine and a trans guy and that sort of thing, I'm actually finding myself coming back to the word bisexual, because I'm realizing that even though it doesn't sound gendered it felt gendered to me mm-hmm. like just as the way you say the word lesbian and it brings an image to mind you say the word gay and it brings an image to mind when you use the word bisexual to describe someone that's afab or that identifies as a woman that's a different picture to me than identify than a bisexual guy mm-hmm. um and i never identified with like those tropes of the bisexual woman and i now that I'm, like, reassessing my standing with the word, I'm like, oh, no, but, like, I I do feel like a bi dude. I mean, I'm a scene boy who went to a Fall Out Boy concert. Like, <laughs> come on. I am a stereotype. Uh, but I, like, squeal over Panic at the Disco. Like, come on. Um, but, yeah, so I'm feeling more comfortable with the word. I do still... Should I get into the bisexual and binary rant now or save it? I mean, let's have a rant section later on. I want to tell you about my history with bi-ness. Great. Um, Yeah, I feel like we come at it from quite different places, but it's interesting that we ended up on the same word here. Uh, I came out as bisexual 10 years ago. I was 15. And at the time, I had not had sex with anyone, but I was going to an arts high school where there were a lot of queer kids. So I felt very comfortable exploring my queerness and coming out. And I also had a lot of uh, girls interested in me at that time, which certainly was helpful because it it started to get me looking at girls in a a way that encompassed desire and sexual feelings, uh, which is like I was aware of that previously, but had never really thought about it in relation to myself. I remember starting to think about bisexuality when there was this girl at school who was flirting with me and I was like, oh, I'm not not into this. Like, I (laughs) actually am kind of down. Uh, (laughs) That was definitely my realization, too. I was like, well, I mean, this is fun. (laughs) And it's interesting because, like, by, like, one of the things that I hold really true for bisexuality is that it doesn't have to mean you're equally attracted to both genders. Uh, and of course there's more than two genders, but you know, some people think that bisexual refers to a binary, which I'll get into more in a second. But anyway, it doesn't have to mean you're equally attracted to all the genders you're attracted to. And for me, I used to be a lot gayer than I am now. Like from about ages like 14 to 17, I was pretty far along on the gay side of the spectrum, which is really strange to me now because I really came back the other direction. (laughs) Um, But I was, like, super into girls to the point that I actually started to think, like, I might 
want to be in a relationship with a man someday, but I just can't imagine enjoying sex with a man. And like, I don't know if that's going to like complicate my future relationships. And like, I was thinking really far ahead over analytically about like, I'm going to have to explain to any man that I date that I don't want to have sex with him or like don't want to interact with his dick. And it's going to be a whole thing. Uh, And then I had some positive experiences with cis men that really kind of shifted my perspective on that. Um, And now it's to a point where like, I'm quite rarely attracted to women these past few years. It does happen, um, but it's it's quite rare, which is how I used to feel about men. Um, but one of the reasons that I stick to the word bisexual, even though I don't think gender is binaristic, is uh, there's been an enduring pattern in my attractions that I tend to be attracted either to cis men or to assigned female folks who don't really identify strongly with their femininity. Um, I've been attracted to a lot of like androgynous folks who are assigned female, whether they identify as like butch or non-binary or just like not particularly feminine women. Um, and I kind of consider those two categories. So for me, the, like the bi prefix makes sense. Um, but then I've also heard people use the, the bi word to mean like I'm attracted to people whose gender is the same as mine and also different from mine which I also think is an interesting use of that word. Yeah. So there is a lot of pushback on people who are like, the term bisexuality reinforces the gender binary. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you say that, bi folks yell at you a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you will be flooded on the internet with people saying that bi means same and other. Mm-hmm. And my response to that is, is uh, yes, and. Mm-hmm. Um, as a trans person and a non-binary person, um, I if someone comes to me and says they're bisexual, I'm, I do inherently have that, like, follow-up question. <laughs> do I count? <laughs> um, and also, like, yes, I'm here for, like, kind of this reclamation of the word and, like, redefining of the word, and I identify with the word, and uh, I think you do need to recognize that if you tell a cishet person on the sidewalk, and I don't know why you're approaching them talking about what you do with your dick, but if you do, uh, I don't and know, say, do that sometimes. <laughs> true. And say, hey, I'm bisexual, that person is going... And you say, what does that mean? And that person is going to say you are attracted to men and women. Right. Uh, And they are going to assume that they are correct. They are not going to... That does not open up a conversation the way you say, hey, I'm queer or hey, I'm pan. And they would go, oh, what does that mean? If they've Mm -hmm. maybe never heard that word before. And you get a chance to pull the whole, so gender is a spectrum. (laughs) Um, So my issue, though, is like... I would have people in the queer community telling me you should use the term queer or the term pansexual to describe yourself instead of bisexual because your attractions fall outside the gender binary, which is true, they do. However, uh, queer and pansexual, the implication, and sometimes not even an implication, sometimes people come right and say this, is that you can be attracted to anyone. And that's just not true for me. I can't be attracted to anyone. I am almost never attracted to feminine people yeah. like literally i think there's been maybe two three people in my entire life who were feminine who i would say that i was like very attracted to them and so for me it's it's a falsehood to claim that i can be attracted to anyone in the manner that i feel like words like pansexual do make that claim because i feel like that's telling a certain type of person that i could be into them when maybe i couldn't and maybe that's like kind of unfair and kind of misleading so like this is part of why i've I've toyed with other identity words that maybe mean attracted to masculinity. Um, There's like androsexual for that, which nobody fucking knows what that means. So I don't use it. Um, But often, like if I have the time to have a conversation with someone about my sexual orientation, I'll usually be like, I'm attracted to masculine of center folks. These days, primarily cis men, but not exclusively. Um, And it's it's often better if you can have a bit of a longer conversation about that, but sometimes you need the labels as, like, a quick way of explaining what you're talking about. Yeah, totally. And, like, 
I'm not in the business of telling anyone what they should identify as, like mm-hmm. identify with the words that work with you. Yeah. Um, but I do want to push back a little bit when people are like, no, it does. Bisexual doesn't enforce the gender by bi- like reinforce the gender binary at all. That's not what that means. I'm like, well, it does a little bit. Uh, and there are sometimes I use the word bisexual because I don't want to have that conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like, I don't want, the follow-up of what does that mean? What kind of people are you into? I just want a marker to be like, I am not straight. I am attracted to a wide range of different types of people. Mm-hmm. And so I'll use the word bisexual or I use the word queer. Um, but I, yeah, I'm also generally attracted to masculine of center folks. Um, and like, I find having the opportunity to have a real dialogue about my attractions way more useful um, because I think everyone is more has like a very nuanced... I think anyone can have a nuanced conversation about their attractions. Like, I don't think anyone is like, yes, I am bisexual. I am exactly 50% attracted to people this type and 50% attracted (laughs) to people this type, which is not what bisexual means, but very much the image that, like, is conjured by it, right? The cultural zeitgeist kind of, that is the definition that everyone thinks it means. And even if you talk to monosexual people, they don't have like the firm and all-encompassing definition of their sexuality that those words might imply like if you say to a straight woman like so you're just attracted to all men like obviously not um right there's like a subset there (laughs) and same with like gay and lesbian folks yeah yeah totally um i just i don't know i like wider umbrella terms because i think it gives more language to the nuance of my attractions Right. Then uh, other words might. So like one of the things that I get pushback about my bisexuality with is like I get a lot of queers telling me whether outright or implicitly that I'm not really bi or not bi enough or not visibly bi enough um, because I mostly date and have sex with men. And that's true. Um but I th- like uh, my thing with sexual orientation is I've always felt like you can't know what's inside someone else's head, right? Like there's no way yeah. for you to know that. And so sexual orientation is always internal and always the choice of the person whose orientation it is. Like they are the person who gets to define that because nobody else fucking knows. And people are out here being like, well, you mostly date and have sex with men. Therefore, you can't identify as bisexual. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Have you been inside my head? Are you aware of the feelings that I do or don't have about women and people of other genders? Like, I'm pretty sure you're not in my brain. Um, So that bothers me. And, like, would you go up to someone who is in a, like, monogamous marriage and be like, so you're straight now, right? (laughs) Like, no, fuck you. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, what I'm coming to... there are people that would do that, but, like, fuck you. Sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm coming to... (laughs) For myself, like, my romantic attractions are almost exclusively toward men, and I also happen to have some anxiety about vulvas because I don't have much experience with them. So kind of, like, the coalescence of those two things causes me to mostly date and have sex with cis men. Um, And I just find it really problematic that folks think that that means I'm straight. Like, no. And, like, not for anything, femme-sisson dating is hard. Right, like, there's so many more men available, right? And, like, this happened to me, too, when I was younger and I was mostly dating and having sex with women is I had people, even really close friends of mine, assume that I was a lesbian. Like, I had uh, a gay male friend who very seriously took me aside one day and was like, I think that you're in denial about the fact that you're a lesbian and I think you need to, like, really own up to it and come out about it. And I was so fucking outraged with this guy. I was like you don't know what's inside my head. Like, yeah. I don't know what, like, I find especially queer folks are prone to doing this. And I, it's so strange because you would think that queer folks would be the ones who would understand that having other people tell you things about your own identity is shitty and invalidating and not cool. And yet it's mostly queer folks who are telling me that I'm not, you know, queer enough or not living loudly enough as a queer person. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I I think there is kind of this 
feeling amongst the queer community where it's like, oh, you identify with the same label I do. You must experience that exactly the same way as I do. And yeah. why aren't you? So if your buy is different from my buy, then one of our buys must be wrong, right? And mine isn't wrong. So like they almost see someone else experience using the same label in a slightly different way and like almost see it as invalidating their own identity when it's like no we can inhabit the same spaces in different ways that's humanity (laughs) that's like the human experience (laughs) and that can happen and it's okay yeah i also Okay, so we got this email a while ago from a listener, and it fucking outraged both of us. (laughs) So mad. So mad. To the point, we were like, we need to do an episode of our podcast that's a bisexuality rant, which this is not intended to be a full episode long bisexuality rant but it might be (laughs) it's been a couple it's been a couple of weeks and we were like maybe we should hide the rant in another episode that has useful and amusing content and not just rage uh but here we are (laughs) so I actually haven't looked at the email in a while so you can tell me if I'm wrong but my I haven't either I purged it from my memory (laughs) this person was yelling at us because we don't use the word bisexual often enough and therefore we have been accused of bisexual erasure like erasing ourselves (laughs) um because when we talk about our sexual orientation we don't use the word bisexual that often and this really really bothers me because It implies that in order to be valid in your sexual identity, you have to constantly talk about your sexual identity and name it and say it all the time. And And name it in a specific way. The thing about sexual identity is... Right. Like, sexual identity fades into the background of your life. Like, even, you know, queer activists and people whose sexual orientation is very central, front and center in their lives are not constantly talking about it, right? Because it's just a fact of who you are. It's just you know, in your makeup. And as such, it doesn't occur to me to throw out the word bisexual every time I'm talking about someone I'm dating or having sex with, because that's not always relevant. And if you look me up on the internet, I say that I'm bisexual. I don't know. Like I, I talk. So about, you have to, you know, so now every tweet you make, you have to be like, so I was sucking this <laughs> dick the other night. Coincidentally, could have been sucking on a clit too, would have been also happy. <laughs> But happened to be sucking on a dick. And now that you have 280 characters, you can do that. <laughs> and just, just to make it clear to everyone, I had written a piece recently about kind of how my sexuality has, invo- has evolved with my transness and how like mm-hmm. I thought I had that shit on lock and then I was trans. And now there are so many more questions. Um, and like, not even, there are answers to questions that I didn't know there were. Um, and I realized, like, a lot of my attraction to women, uh, felt weird and felt off because I was kind of conceptualizing myself as a woman in that experience. So I was seeing their femininity and attracted to it, but this, in the sex we were having, I was kind of expecting their femininity to, I almost expected myself to mirror that femininity back at them, right? Because this is a same-sex sexual interaction, right? This is lesbianism. And, like, that was the part that felt weird to me. (laughs) Like, the part that I was... This was supposed to be two similar gender expressions having sex. And, like, that is not what lesbianism always is. Like, But that's kind of how my brain conceptualized it. And there was just something missing there. Like, something wasn't quite right. And now that I'm realizing, I'm like, oh, no, like, those are not same-sex interactions. Those are almost straight interactions, which, like, nothing I do is straight. I'm me. But (laughs) for the ease of language. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, oh, and I was able to get into it a lot more once I started conceptualizing myself as a guy, right? So I wrote this whole post, and someone was like, oh my god, this is full of bisexual erasure. And I was like, I wrote 1,200 words about my bisexuality. (laughs) Like, the, what? But I didn't use the word bisexual. Uh, 
and I like described same-sex interactions in the way that my brain conceptualized them in the way that didn't the reason it didn't click is because I felt like they were lesbian interactions and they weren't uh and this person like came after me that I was like it was bisexual erasure again and I was like excuse you what and like not for anything yes bisexual erasure is an issue People aren't mm-hmm. dying over it, like some other people in the queer community with other issues, but it is a problem, and I get that. But maybe go after the giant TV producers that, like, someone breaks up with a, you know, breaks up, two girls break up, and then she goes and dates a guy, and then the TV's like, oh, she's straight now. Like, maybe yeah. those are the people we should attack for bisexual erasure, Right. I view it as a form of bisexual erasure to tell bisexual people that they have to constantly be saying what they are in order to be visible. Like, why can't I just Or they have to be it in a special way. And, right. And, okay, so if I... Okay, can I talk shit about someone from my real actual life? Um, <laughs> <laughs> why not? We've made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, last the last boyfriend that I had, I was calling him my boy a lot, which is the thing I do with a lot of guys I have dated. Like, yeah, I guess this person was just noticing it for the first time because I haven't really had a boyfriend in a while before that. But uh, so I like use that word in my tweets and stuff. And then some like this queer person who I know in real life uh, goes on Facebook and posts this status update that's like the word boyf is the most heterosexual thing I've ever heard. And this is a person who knows that I don't identify as heterosexual and I'm not. Um, and this is a person who knows that I would see this. And also, like, there's not a whole lot of people using the word boyf out there. So I felt like it was pretty obviously uh, a vague book about me. And I was just, like, really outraged by that. Because it's it's like, not only are you telling people what words they are and are not allowed to use for their own fucking partners, which, like, that's not up to you. That's between them and their partner. But also, like, can we not accuse people of heterosexuality who are not hetero? <laughs> like, accuse uh, them. I'm allowed like to date men crime. and not be. Yeah. Like, I just... There's so many queer people who talk about how important it is to be out and to, you know, be bold and, like, really open about your identity. And then when we try to be, they tell us that we're not doing it right or not doing it enough. And it's like, that makes me want to not talk about it because I feel like if I do talk about my queerness, then I attract these people who are policing it for me. And like, you know, that's a lot of trouble that I don't want to deal with. Right. But yeah, and also like, I find, I don't know about you, but I find a lot of power in the words that I use to describe my partners. Um, Mm -hmm. and the language I use for them and the language they use for me. Yeah. And like, I I don't know to have someone be like, oh no, you can't call your partner that like, no, fuck you. Like, that's the word that describes our relationship. That's the word that like, when my partner uses the language for me that we have within our relationship, it gives me warm fuzzies and it makes me all like swoony and like feel cute and it's affirming of my gender because we have some gendered words we use and like don't tell me I can't use those words like fuck you yeah it was really gross and upsetting and it it also reminded me of this like other shitty experience I had one time where I, I went with my boyfriend at the time to this like queer pride march and at the end of the pride march it was like so happy and we were so like having a nice day and I felt really proud and and like I fit in and I grabbed my boyfriend and kissed him and then some queer folks behind us started booing us because we were a heterosexual appearing couple at a pride event uh and I can understand that like if you think there are straights at your pride event I can understand why that might make you feel weird but also maybe don't assume that everybody you see is straight or cis or whatever like that's yeah I was gonna say like what if you were trans like yeah like, I was there because I was really happy to um, be getting involved in my local queer community, which is always something that's brought me a lot of joy. And in particular, when I'm in relationships with men, sometimes I feel like I lose sight of that and, like, my community is turning its back on me, whether that's something that actually happens or just something that happens in my own head. And so it was a really nice thing for me to be able to go to this event. And my boyfriend was there supporting me and, 
you know, being a, a supportive, good partner and for people to boo us for that. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is this event for? If not for like inclusion of people in your community? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super gross. Do you have any other bi rants you want to get off your chest while we're here, Bean? <laughs> I mean, while we're at it. Uh, <laughs> I was, I, so I was telling you before we started recording that uh, I did not read any of the questions we prepped for this episode, but I did prep for this episode by ranting about bisexuality with my bi roommate. Um, <laughs> and one of the other things we brought up is how uh, bi femmes, so like femmes and women, this is going to be a very binary conversation right now, and I, there's not really a way to make it not. Um, because these are a lot of assumptions by, like, the cis binary community, um, is that women are, like, probably bi, right? Like, yeah, you're, <laughs> most of you are bi, it's fine. Uh, but, like, men, you're not bi, you must just be closeted and gay. Like, um, and I think a lot of that is the, uh, the kind of idea that femme for femme sex it's not like real sex right like two people with vulvas like they're just like fooling around like it's not serious like they don't have like real relationships or anything like they just like make out sometimes <laughs> you know because there's like no dick involved mm-hmm. so like it's not like sex <laughs> whatever but like a guy kisses another dude and like through the magic power of penis is suddenly gay forever <laughs> um and tainted and destroyed and has like caught the homosexual virus <laughs> like will never like, be, to be the same. fair <laughs> dicks do destroy lives so like <laughs> let's not minimize that the destructive I mean, power of dicks fair <laughs> but uh but yeah like uh that's just uh i was just i don't even like i don't even know that there's a rant to have other than to be like <laughs> the fuck folks like <laughs> come on why but it's why? It, there's so many why? groups who this these stereotypes impact and what i'm thinking about right now is like there's like uh even like straight women who are part of like the sex positive community like our friend joelle and naughty it's sometimes yeah. assumed that they are going to be down to have sex with women simply because they're sex positive and open-minded and you know maybe involved in the non-monogamy community or whatever um female bisexuality is just like so commonly depicted and talked about that it's assumed that all women are down and like but like it's so commonly depicted but also any like queer relationships are just a phase until you sit down with the man yeah right like it is it's super commonly depicted as like a party girl thing that like you just do um right up until you settle down with someone and then usually that someone is a man yeah and then like your bias just fades into the distance or um (laughs) you can like if you settle down with a woman it's just like oh so you're gay now great cute yeah and it's like and even just like you settle down with them right you like give up that indecisive party lifestyle Let's fuck all of this. <laughs> I'm so angry. My mom asked me a while ago if I was still bi, and I'm just like, oh no, not you too. Like, everybody I've in the people... world keeps asking me if I'm still bi. I've, did you link her to your uh, Dr. Seuss poem? FYI, still bi. <laughs> um, I had... I had someone, my favorite response to that, um, I have had a dude be like, yeah, but like, so, you know, you're dating this, you know, oh, I know this girl and like, she used to be bi, but now she's married to a guy. So, uh, and I just went, I was like, wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have, I have a follow-up question. And like, yeah. And I was like, you're single right now, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, so you're ace. And he was like, what? And I was like, so you don't, you don't have sex right? You have no interest in that. And he was like, what? And I was like, great, good. Glad we, uh, glad we cleared that up. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? What? 
I was like, I was like, but it's almost as if your behaviors don't indicate your identity. Wow, that's fascinating. Interesting. <laughs> fuck you. I'm just gonna. Can we can we make this episode a drinking game where like every time I yell "fuck you" into the void, you take a shot. <laughs> Don't do that, you'll die. <laughs> fuck that and fuck yeah is a segment that we used to do weekly and we haven't done it in a bit. Um, but it's where we tell you about something we hate and something we love. And this week we're talking about sexual labels. What's your fuck that? Uh... My fuck that is everyone who thinks they're being progressive by telling me that, like, why do we even need labels? Why can't we just, like, <laughs> love people and, like, be who we are? Like, one day I'd love to get to a world where, like, labels don't even exist. Like, <laughs> can you not, like, recognize the privilege in that sentence? Like, the ability to be like, I don't need a label for me. Like, I can just be. Because, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of us fucking need them. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't walk around the world and just be like, yeah, I'm just like a human. Like, and then go and have sex with people and expect shit not to be weird. Like, I have to be like, hi, I'm trans. Hello. Like, that is a label <laughs> that I need to articulate to people. Um, especially, like, trans folks that quote-unquote pass and whatever we all know, know how problematic that is but whatever um but like it also not- tends to be it's it tends to be people who are like pansexual or like bisexual in a fairly egalitarian way or whatever who are saying yeah. like we don't need labels like everybody's a little bit bi or whatever and i'm like no actually it that's not true like there are people who have limits to their attractions there are many such people uh, yeah, and it's it's weird to like project your own attractions and assume that everybody else secretly feels that way. Yeah, and like I, labels are how we help find each other. It's how I describe myself to people. Like it's how mm-hmm. I have the Cliff Notes version of who I am. And like if I want to in a Tinder bio let someone know who I might be attracted to without spending the entire five hundred characters or whatever the fuck I get. Just being like, so I tend to be attracted to like masculine of center folks, and I really like pretty boys, and like also I really like dicks, but not exclusively. And sometimes I do like making out. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I can just say queer. It's like five letters. What? Five letters? Yeah. Like, I have a label, and then someone can message me and go, "What does queerness mean to you?" And I can be like, "Well, so I'm really attracted to masculine of center folks, and I like dick." So, like, <laughs> labels are important. And, and like, how do you organize for, like, movements if we don't have labels, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how would queer activism even exist if we were just, like, we're just, like, people. So this is, like, people activism. <laughs> and, like, people should have rights. Like, that doesn't, that's not a slogan I can put on a sign. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you're so angry i'm here for it i'm so here for it <laughs> just like all of the reasons where i'm like let me have my fucking labels because they meet they matter they matter to me they are my identities they are pieces yeah. of who i am yeah uh, <laughs> let me have my words and stop acting like i'm like some fucking like one day I'll evolve to move past them. Fuck you. <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> Kate, what is your fuck that <laughs> on this rant of rants episode? <laughs> uh, my fuck. God, we haven't had that ma- this many rants since fucking the porn awards. Oh my god. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Um, I fuck that is the word sapiosexual. Oh dear God. Um, <laughs> so it's complicated, right? Because I don't want to tell people not to identify certain ways. My issue with the term sapiosexual is that it's 
used to denote a sexual orientation, but I think in most cases it is not actually a sexual orientation. It's often someone who already has a sexual orientation, say, for example, they're a straight dude, um, saying that they're attracted to intelligence, but only in the group that they're attracted to. So say, for example, women. Um, And it's problematic in that sense because having preferences for specific personality traits is not a sexual orientation right? Like I'm attracted to smart, funny people. I'm attracted to people who are, you know, good at coming up with puns. I, I don't really regard that as my sexual orientation because it's a personality trait preference on top of my already existing sexual orientation. I feel like people often use sapiosexual as a term. It's almost like they're trying to like claim that they experience oppression for being this quote-unquote sexual so pretentious or like, sometimes. They think that they're different from everybody else, which I, I think almost everyone I know would tell you that they're attracted to intelligence, right? It's it's a matter of what type of intelligence are you attracted to and uh, to what degree. And like, I remember on my first date with my last boyfriend, he told me he identifies as sapiosexual, which in his case, I buy a little bit more because he was actually more in the kind of pansexual area. So like maybe intelligence is really the driving factor for his attractions primarily but even at that time i was like that's really pretentious i don't know if i want to go on a second date with this dude (laughs) and then i did but (laughs) i probably should have heeded that warning yeah i have complicated feelings around that word because like i see what you're i see what they're saying and like oh i don't know if it belongs in all of the same camps you -hmm. know like, uh, I don't know. I, I I almost wonder if it belongs more under, like, kinks than it does orientations, right? Like, mm. language about <laughs> how you have relationships. I don't know. I'm a kinkster. Yeah. Everything is a kink in my life. I was going like, to say, yeah, like, we just view everything as kinks. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. We have kink-tinted sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> what is your fuck yeah? My fuck yeah is talking to other sex nerds about my attractions and, like, about the labels mm-hmm. we use and why. Because I really love how, like, you can talk to, like, people outside of the community and be like, you know, what do you identify as? And they'll be like, oh, bye. And you're like, okay, but, like, why? And they're like, uh, what? Huh? <laughs> um... Like, because I'm attracted to lots of types of people. Like, you know. Eh. Um, but I, I really love talking to, like, nerds about it because they'll be like, well, so I went on this journey and I was reading the works of, and uh, this person says this really interesting thing about this. And, and like, I always wind up learning more things about myself, too, where I'm like, huh, I've never even conceived of my orientations in that way. Well, let's see. How do I feel about that? Uh, and it's really, like, fascinating to me to unpack the language that we use and why Mm -hmm. uh because like yes like i said uh, labels are placeholders for conversations right um but i don't like to blindly pick my labels you know i like to really have a background for them and like why i connect with that label so much so it's really fascinating to me to have conversations with other people and kind of unpack that with them as well you know Mm-hmm. Totally. What about you? What's your fuck yeah? My fuck yeah is identifying as submissive uh, on top of my other sexual labels because uh, while everything I already said is true about like mostly being attracted to masculinity, uh, I'm also very much attracted to dominance and it's gotten to a point where it's almost non-negotiable for me. Like I'll very rarely have some kind of interest in a submissive person or a vanilla person, but my attractions are very much kink driven at this point. So it's, it's nice to be able to say like, I'm attracted to masculinity and also dominance. Uh, Cause I feel like that paints a picture of the type of person that I'm probably going to be interested in. And it doesn't necessarily have to involve gender because people of all different gender identities and bodily configurations can be both masculine and dominant. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, and I I personally consider my uh, kinks and my poly a part of my orientation. Um, mm-hmm. Like, 
I'm not necessarily attracted exclusively to dominance, but I am ex- attracted exclusively to power dynamics. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I have someone who I'm into who is usually seems pretty subby in relation to me, and that's kind of how my attractions to them lean, but, like, recently has made toppy comments, and I'm always like, <laughs> oh, well, okay, hello. Um <laughs> Because it's not like, that wasn't a turnoff because it was outside of the dynamic that I normally think about. It was like, oh, look, power. <laughs> Yay, power. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm attracted, I consider it an orientation uh, towards my attraction to, like, power dynamics and also my preference for non-monogamy. I consider mm-hmm. them both orientations for me just because I couldn't have relationships without it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I know there are also people that do kink and do poly, but they aren't, they don't identify as kinky or poly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are both, like, totally valid and legit. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot about that lately because I think kink is core to my identity, but I'm still figuring out to what extent non-monogamy is core to me like I I don't think I will ever do monogamy again but I'm still figuring out like what exactly what type of non-monogamy is best suited for me and as such I don't feel like it's a core part of my identity that I need to be reflected in all of my relationships I don't know this shit's complicated yeah yeah it is (laughs) thank you so much for joining us on this complicated and ranty episode of the (laughs) Tildorks God, I feel I feel catharted, as Jake Peralta would say. <laughs> Coincidentally, canonically, bye. <laughs> Jake Peralta is for sure bye, and no one will let me write about it, and I'm so angry. <laughs> That's a rant for another episode, possibly on a journalism podcast, and not this one. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where is your stuff? I am Bex. You can find me at Bex, all my writing at bextalksex.com. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at bextalksex. Together we're the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can find all our episodes by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. While you're there, write us a review, give us five stars, or like one star if you don't like us, but why are you still here? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Tell us how great we are, it makes it way easier for other people to find us, and it makes me do a little happy dance with joy. Uh, Tweet at us this week at the Dildorks on Twitter to tell us what your orientations are and what words you identify with. And don't tweet us anything shitty about our labels, because we will block and or mute you. Oh, I'll probably yell at you. And mute someone. Oh yeah, yeah. I, (laughs) I mean, I mean, I'll mute you. Sure. After yelling at you a lot, (laughs) like you're like, I will completely avoid this. I was like, oh no, I'll start a fight. Oh. I mean, honestly, I probably will too. I'm saying what I would like to do and not what I will actually do. (laughs) I am too petty. I am way too petty. I will not let it go. Thank you, as always, to Protodome for the use of our theme song, I Want You in My Bedroom, off his album Chip Funk, which you can find at protodome.bandcamp.com. And thank you to Amy Gardner, who is at Starboots underscore on Twitter for having done our logo, in which we look quite queer, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) Very queer. Oh my god, that was my fuck yeah! It was supposed to be visibly queer! It was! Damn it! it. I just remembered to... (laughs) Damn it! I was okay. so excited about it. I love when we'll people talk call me it. queer. We'll talk about it another day, perhaps. I guess. Did I remember that time someone yelled at me at work? Uh, not a coworker, a customer, and uh, they called me a fat ass, four eyed, carpet munching bitch. <laughs> it was so good because they said it, and I just looked at them and went, "Yes." <laughs> also, I'm the boss, and you still can't have what you want. <laughs> I made it my Tinder bio for a few weeks. <laughs> it was like, Someone you're not Tinder, wrong. Someone on Tinder called me a cute little piggy one time. And they, I think that they intended to insult me for being chubby. But I was like, that's honestly so fucking adorable. And you understand me. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> 
Anyway, that's it. I think I said all the things, right? We said yeah, everything. Yeah, I don't know. To. Are all these right. bloopers? So, is this an outro? Who knows? Who can say? I can say. I'm the editor of this show. <laughs> uh, this is a mess. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode. And uh, until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. Bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> We have a special guest on this epi- episode, Lightning. Hi, Lightning. <laughs> Lightning, tell us about your radioactive spider bite into kink. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing Easter egg wars with Dick Wound. <laughs> what if Lightning did get bit by a radioactive spider? Would well, she, she turn into have. like a sassy talking cat? She already is. With kinks? She doesn't need to talk. She just stares knowingly into your soul. <laughs> oh my god, the looks she gives me if I jerk off when she's nearby. She's like, excuse you? Are you done? <laughs> like, bitch, if you were ever not on my bed, we wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> I was super high when he started texting me, and I really just wanted to sext him, but I refrained because it was our first text conversation. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. When really you'd be like, but we're texting. That's the only time we can sext. We were DMing before, and there's not a clever thing for that. (laughs) (laughs) So clearly, since you have texted me, I can sext you. Oh my god, what is it called when you sext in the DMs? Sexting. It's still sexting. sexting. But I mean, there's got to be a punny name for that. (laughs) Dudes make out with someone and it's like, oh my god, you're gay! And it's like, well, bye is real everybody secretly (laughs) loves dicks and only dicks yeah exactly and that's the only real sex like i can't even argue with that either is the frustrating thing (laughs) and dicks have the superpower to like you get near one and it changes your orientation oh my god me too but that that, that literally happened to me though like when i came into into contact with dicks (laughs) my sexual orientation changed (laughs) (laughs) i really do like so much of my sexuality is based around dicks but oh like God. dicks were my radioactive spider bite into heterosexuality <laughs> <laughs> you're not heterosexual uh, i know i'm i'm adjacent though <laughs> i am so like i feel so much better about the fact that like my love of dicks is queer now like it was always queer because i was always queer yeah but like now i'm just like oh right okay I feel better. This isn't my, like, horrible straight secret. <laughs> I feel so, like, normcore when I love dicks publicly, and yet I can't <laughs> not. It's just, it's who it's I am. It's just a part of you. Soul.